Again, for 90 feet apart, uh, here on June, what are we on, June 17th today? I think so, June 17th. 17 June, uh, you know, coming a couple days late here, but uh, that's okay, because we have uh, other commitments. Uh, Kyle, you were you were uh, on the road this week, I think? I was. I was on the road again. Uh, what are you, Willie Nelson? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was uh, down in Texas. Oh, you were in San Antonio. I so was. You, you yeah. kind of are Willie Nelson. I was looking for Pee Wee's bike. But I couldn't find it because, uh, ironically, the uh, Alamo does not have a basement. <laughs> what were you doing down there, man? Uh, work conference. Uh, I was at a work conference. You're an important guy. You have no, no. Actually, I wasn't the first choice that they wanted to send, but uh, they sent me anyways. But you were a choice. I was a choice, yes. How was that? What, did you did you get anything done while you were down there? Yeah, it actually was a uh, fairly productive conference, which was uh, fun for me. Got to see a lot of my friends that uh, still live down there, and then have some really good uh, authentic Mexican food. Oh, yeah. good. there's great food down there. I got to tell you though, my stomach and digestive system was not ready for it. Are you still recovering? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but it's like uh, you know what you would have. Um, the night before a colonoscopy, when you're <laughs> when it when it burns coming out and all that is good. Yeah, but the good thing is, like today, you know, after that week, you you much lighter when you step on the scale, so you feel good Absolutely. about yourself. Absolutely, it was great. Yeah. It was great. But thinning, uh, it's the thinning. See, well, you're supposed to be not. You're supposed to be getting. Is your bikini bod you're working on? Are you dad bod? Yeah. <laughs> In honor of Father's In Day. Father's weekend. Day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day tomorrow to all those fathers. Yeah, there. my father who is sitting over here uh, drinking my last beer. Uh, watching the U.S. Open and waving and waving, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what did you do? what did you do this week? I did nothing. I did work, uh, more of the same. Uh, but I, uh, more importantly, I tended to my garden. It's it's glorious. Is that what retired people do? That is, is exactly what retired people do. You go out every morning and you water the garden, and then like this morning, I went out and weeded the garden. So you know, how priori- many priorities, my friend? How many times have you golfed? Since you've been retired. Zero. That's Not a problem. Once. I know it is. It is. I had every intention of getting up early this morning, but uh, Sherry and I, the wife, were in a couple's golf match last night out on the Cardinal Creek, and it was a uh, best ball format, part of their couple's league, mm-hmm. and uh, we took the W. Nice. So I celebrated and had a few libations. Did you celebrate well? I did. Yeah. Uh, You're looking uh, like it this morning. Yeah, I was a little rough this morning. Uh, I'm nursing what the uh, Americans would call a hangover. Was uh was it as rough as the uh, Cardinals last week since we last met? Was it that bad? No. No. No, I I still <laughs> like to watching the Cardinals makes me feel like that. So you're telling me they had a bad week? I am. I'm telling you that uh, since the last time we spoke, the Redbirds have gone 1 and 6. Yeah. Yeah. That's solid. One and two against the Reds, uh, three-game sweep by the Giants over the Cardinals, and then uh, dropped one last night, opening series to the Mets. I believe that is the 18th, or maybe it's the 17th. I have to look it up. But the 
18th or 17th series opening game this season that they've dropped. And they've only won like four series opening games. That, that's got to be a record. That is unbelievable. That's unbelievably bad. Yeah, they're 391 winning percentage right now. I mean, I don't know if they're going to stay at 390. Well, actually, it's lower than 391. It went down last night because I figured this out before uh, the game last night. So they're under 390 for a winning percentage now. It's the lowest winning percentage, uh, if it stays that way, since 1913. How unbelievable is that? In, in 110 years, it's the lowest winning percentage that they've had. So the Red Series... Um, like I said, one and two in that, and and they continued their trend that we had talked about last week, where they're you know really all they're scoring off is is the long ball and not doing anything to move runners along, not hitting with the runners in scoring position. Scored fourteen runs in that game in that series. Nine of them were off home runs, so well over fifty percent, more along sixty percent. And the Giants series was a little bit better. They they you know they can't, they manufactured runs, but they still didn't score a lot of runs. Um, but the, the big story there was the bullpen got torched in all three games, um, and and especially the last one, which was just heartbreaking. Uh, Gallegos and Mats in the last two innings just getting lit up and and losing eight to five after being up five to two. But is that almost almost what you expect now when one of those people come in? Dude, Gallegos can't pitch the ninth. And no, you, me and I have text back and forth every time he comes in, and you're like, here we go again. Mexico didn't go to the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> I believe I've heard you say that yeah, before. Because of that. Because guess who blew it? Yeah, it's 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 almost, you know, you feel like when they go into a late late into a game with a lead, um you, you just see it you feel it coming that you know, and, and what happens every time? Walk the leadoff better. Absolutely. And it happened in that game as well. I and mean, you walk the leadoff better, bad things are gonna happen. So my question on that game is uh I memory serves me correctly, that was when Libertor started, right? Correct. And he was throwing pretty well and had a lower pitch count, and Ollie yanked him. And then, of course, fans started going crazy on the social media feed and all that stuff. So what do you think the reason was to pull him there? I mean, if there's ever a season to just let guys be guys and see what they got, maybe this is the time? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think that uh, – I'm not sure what his pitch count was at on that game, but um, – I think that they, you know, hey, you know, we're talking about a manager who manages by a formula, not by gut. I think we've clearly established that fact. So have they analytics themselves into yeah, and over-analyzing? So, so uh, you know, we talk all the time about pitch count, but I don't think with uh, a lot of what goes on with analytics, it's not about pitch count. It's about second and third time through the orders. And, and he was probably coming up through the third time through the order, and stats say uh, – the, the stats predict that, you know, you're going to get hit pretty hard. In that. I, and I don't know what his third time through the order numbers are. I don't think that he's had that many times, third times through yeah, the order. Yeah, does he make it because he to gets give yanked. To give a sound set of statistics. He gets yanked out before it even happens. So well, he, he hasn't gone deep in any game, really. So I don't know. Um, he, you know, during this stretch, you've had a couple of nice outings by Montgomery. Um, he picked up a win in one and a no decision in the other, which was fantastic because he's, you know, by all, all in all said that, He's really been the most steady pitcher throughout the whole year, even though his, the win-loss, not just his win-loss record, but the Cardinals, when he pitches, their win-loss record is not that great. But he has been the one who's given them the most quality starts by far. And then Libertar had that nice outing. He only gave up in six innings. He gave up a couple of earned runs. But on the other side, Flaherty and Michaelis both, you know, twice for Michaelis, got roughed up pretty hard. Flaherty got roughed up. And then I don't know what that was where he tried to start a doggone fight. 
the other night. I don't know what that yeah, was all about. What was it? I didn't catch it live because like, I was out of town, and then I just heard. Well, so I noticed during the inning that he was looking back, and this was before the inning ended. He was he was barking at uh, oh boy uh, back there on second base, and then when the inning ended, uh, they were coming off the field, and he was barking some more. But they went to a commercial. The coverage went to a commercial. And so you didn't really see what happened until they came back, and then they started explaining it all. Um, and I, I, I never heard anything. I never heard what it was about, whether, you know, anytime you think there's a guy on second, you think it's about trying to steal signs or something. I never heard what it was about. I tell you what, though. Maybe he was upset. He was mad because uh, he, the guy just basically telling him that he sucks. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he, he should be upset that they were hitting him all over the daggone park. That's what they should be upset about. Right, and saying, if I was back there on second and Flaherty was pitching, it was Flaherty, right? Yeah, it was Flaherty. Like, you're never going to Los Angeles to pitch. <laughs> so you might as well just get used to being in the Midwest. Your, or I'd just be, <laughs> your dream of yeah. L.A. Is, is just that. Dream. Your dream of a huge contract in a World Series title in L.A. is just going down the drain yeah. with every pitch you throw. It's So what other, what's maddening about it, too, is that the offense so – during this stretch, I, mean, I didn't figure last night's game into it because because I, I you don't need did to. This before. I mean, was, <laughs> they got smoked again last night. Yeah. Um, but in this stretch, they've got five players with an OPS over eight seventeen, and three of them have an OPS over a thousand. That's pretty good. I mean, they're offensively, if you look at it, but this it, it's kind of been the telling thing for this team this year. The, the telling stat is, you know, their numbers offensively. Aren't that bad when you look at uh, percentage, you know, percentage type stats, OPS, average, slugging, um, on base percentage. All those are, are somewhat good. So with five players over eight seventeen, they still didn't even average four runs a game. It it's, goes back to this, you know, playing a little bit of small ball, moving runners around, and of course hitting with runners in scoring position, which. They've acknowledged some of the players in particular have come out and acknowledged that they're not doing a good job of it. And then pitching during this stretch, they're giving up. They were giving up just under six runs a game. So I mean, that's a wide margin. Uh, just under six runs a game, just under four runs a game scoring. You're not going to win many games like that. And most of that, 44 percent of those runs have come from the bullpen. The bullpen's been getting smoked. So, so I'll, I'll put it to you like this, man. I don't know what you think. But me looking at it right now, at uh, in the middle of June, this season's lost. The, yeah, this season is lost. So remember, let, let's go back to a happier time. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna. You, re- you need some music in the background yeah. that's like uh, r- rainbows and sunshine. And... No, that's, that's, that was us going back. That's in us time. going backwards. Yeah, all we're right. going all the way back. Rewind the clocks back to yesteryear of March thirtieth. 2023. March 30th, they lost. March 30th, they did. But as we were standing outside, tailgating, yeah. ready for uh, a new Cardinals season with the promise of Can what I they add told something us. To that? Sure. Tailgating with quite possibly the smartest thing I've ever seen anybody do when they're tailgating. What's that? When you rented the porta potty. Rented the porta potty. Please tell that story because it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, you just want me to do it right now? Or yeah, why not? Okay. Sure. Because it's, so, it's awesome. So we, we came about it, so we tailgate, you know, right next to the stadium. Uh, if you're coming over 64, just look straight down, you'll find it. We actually have came upon that back in 2017. Well, the parking lot's been there forever. But um, 
pulled in there, went to the opening day, and uh, just turned out the Clyde Dills were there. So we just kind of decided that's going to be our opening day, you know, ritual. We're going to go to opening day, you know, we're going to get down there early, tailgate, you know, put the flags up like a football tailgate because, I mean, why not? It's opening day. We already, the wife and I have already discussed it. We know we're just going to spend money that day. doesn't matter what anything costs. So we get down there, and we're thinking, you know, because everybody in St. Louis, you know, the city basically shuts down for the uh, opening day. and But we get down there, and there's no bathroom. And if you like to tailgate like I do, knowing how much beers cost in the stadium, I mean, you do your damage before you go in. So, you know, you have a few drinks, a la some Budweiser's and things of that nature, but then there's nowhere to go. So, come to find out, a couple years ago, we have our camping uh, port john which is nice. So Sherry brought that one down, and we were going to use that. But then the problem with that one is is you still have to dump the uh, the specimens, I guess you will, specimens, deposits, whatever, somewhere else, and you still got to take the bucket home, so no thanks. So anyways, called this, uh, found there's this uh, Port-A-John company that delivers. So they drove through. We asked him, the dude, the guy went back to the shop and just dropped it off right at our parking lot. And then we left and it was there. It was like, it wasn't even that much money. It was worth it. But remember, so we were there with the Porta John, our own Porta Potty. But remember how many people just kept walking in? We even faced it towards our tailgate and people were just walking in. It's a money making opportunity, my friend. Yeah, it is. I should have just posted on there. You know what? You want to use this Porta John? You know, $5 to go. Inflation. Just got to <laughs> go. You can either go in this Porta John and pay me $5 or you can go right next to it and get a ticket possibly get arrested, uh, and you could have got Euromycetysis poisoning like Jerry Seinfeld did <laughs> in that one. But anyways, with that being said, when we were standing, when you came out of the Port of John the first time you used it, did you think on this date the Cardinals would be 16 games under 500 sitting at a staggering 27 and 43? No, of course not. But like the Porta Potty, this season has gone down in a blue swirl of decomposition material um i i that we've talked about it so many times about what's wrong I, I they're just bad they're just a bad team straight up and you know if we if we were gm for a minute let's let's kind of put our hats on if we were the gm if you were the gm put your or put your bow tie on and uh, he's the president of baseball. Oh, operations. good point. Well, we don't, we don't know what Michael, Michael Gersh, Gersh wears. Knows. There's actually an article online today that has a picture of Michael Gersh and says, "What does this guy do?" Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, so I was listening to that. So speaking to the GMs, and uh, there was a radio show it was called High Noon. It's on five ninety, the fan, and uh, they were saying, "Yeah, the Cardinals are going to fire somebody. They're going to file micro or uh, fire fire Michael Gersh." It'd be like. So yeah, exactly. They were making fun. It's like that's your big move. Fire yeah. the guy who has nothing I don't know to what do that with anything. Guy he may be. He might be the dual-hatted as the travel secretary. Yeah, he making arrangements. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. so anyway. if you were the GM for a minute, you know what kind of moves do you make this year. And so let's talk about this year or the postseason. Um, let's kind of talk in season first. Uh, the big talk that you're starting that's starting to build up and starting to gather momentum is whether you trade Paul Goldschmidt. So Paul Goldschmidt um, has one more year on his on his uh, contract, so through the twenty four season, and he also has a no trade clause. So he has to agree with that, right? Correct. So the listeners maybe don't know what a no trade clause is. If the player under contract can get traded as long as it's to a team that he 
is okay with going. He can yeah. easily deny it and be like, no, I'm not going. So there. what's your thoughts on um, moving Goldie? Um, personally, for him, if the opportunity arises, he's only got a few, I would say, competitive years left. And if it's and if you're going to do somebody a solid and there was a team that was good and maybe he could help them contend, I got no problem doing it from that standpoint. But from a Cardinal standpoint and a fan, I think it all depends on what you're trying to get out of, like what's your approach the rest of the way. Because even though the the Central is so bad, you're still only eight games out, or what is it, eight out of the Central? Um, I think it's eight. I got it pulled up. Uh, but you're a... Your playoff odds are 3.8% just to make it to the postseason and a less than 1% to win the World Series. So, But what is training, trading him this year going to get you? Or it's, I don't know if it's going to help you win the division, which that's highly unlikely. And I don't know if it's going to help you next year because you're probably going to get a bunch of – probably going to want some prospects for Goldschmidt like that. But then you just have – now all sorts of prospects and we know how well prospects go in the cardinals they do really well at double and triple a and then we never get to see them again <laughs> so i don't i don't i mean not to that effect but i just i don't see it oh i didn't say the likelihood of it it's this is if you're the oh, gm i'm not doing it if i'm the gm i'm not doing it because i i don't know i mean i guess i would not say everything has a price right so if the right pieces came back i would say yes but me as a GM, if you go out and get a good starting pitcher for that, like we've talked about before, starting pitchers only play, you know, once every five days. I mean, if I can get some quality field players, maybe an outfielder that actually sticks around and can hit the ball and maybe stay with the Cardinals and hit the ball. Because, I mean, pitching is what it is. But like you said, we're hitting all right. But I just, I don't know why we're, you know, kind of why the Cardinals are struggling the way they are. But personally, if I'm the GM, everything's for sale. The ask for what I would sell him for would have to be pretty, pretty big though, because I think Jordan. Okay, so I got, you got me confused. First okay. of all, you said you wouldn't I don't do it. I should work for the Cardinals. Uh, you sound like a lawyer right now. Yeah, it's so a politician. Would you, or not, you, you would, but it's got to be for a big haul. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, I would, and it's got to be for a big haul God, because I a straight lawyer because I feel Jordan Walker can play first base. Yeah, I think you're ready-made with a couple. Wait, how many first baseman DAs do we have? We got plenty of them. It's 80. not like we're short of them. You know, yeah. you got you could move Jordan Walker there. You could move. You know, Luke and Baker can play. Obviously, fill that position. That is his natural position. I think Nolan Gorman could play first base. I mean, third base and first base are incredibly similar as far as how you do. I don't know how he is picking balls. You know, on a, on low throws and that sort of thing. But I'm sure he could learn that. Um, Juan Yepes could go over there and play first base. I mean, we we don't have a shortage of that. I, I'd have to tell you that I'm I am not opposed to it at all, um, for a couple reasons. One is you've got a guy you're talking about who is coming off an MVP season. This is the reigning National League MVP. This guy's going to command some talent on the other side. Now, much like you, I would say it's got to be the right mix. Um, it's got to be. Um, I think you have to have a position player, meaning an outfielder, uh, and not just a backup outfielder. It's got to be a starting outfielder who's going to be an everyday contributor, step into the lineup. And I think you've got to have some young pitching um, with some controllable years, not young pitching like in single A or double A, some young pitching that's going to be major league ready um, next year, or maybe you can pull them up at the end of this year. They, they come up and start contributing. 
But it's got to be talent, and it's got to be a, a, a good amount of talent. Right. So do you have any names off the top of your head right now? Um, I don't. I, like I said, I don't. I just I was curious of what that might look like because I haven't done the research of what it would command. Like I don't have any. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of teams, but here's it's the problem with it is is that you're at a point in the season where if somebody has that kind of talent, uh, they're not going to get rid of. They're it. not going to get rid of them in this, especially if they're in. You know, if it's a team that's in the race, because what we just talked about is yeah. about Goldschmidt going to a team who he's only going to approve a trade to some place that's got a chance to win. Right. Well, if they have a chance to win, they're most likely keep holding on to that talent, especially if it's major league ready uh, talent. Do you think? I'm just. I just thought of this right now. Do you think maybe it's something they explore in the off season when he's got one year left, and then teams can address you know after the series is over, talking November, December, before you can, but he, he won't command as much on, in return. That's because true. Because he's he's going to come out. He's going to have a full season, which is not going to be as productive. I mean, he's having a productive season, but it's not not what it was last year. Right. So he's not going to command the same type of uh, haul, especially as you know when you get into um, the trade deadline. It's teams bidding against each other, and the teams bidding against each other for the National League MVP versus teams bidding for a guy in the offseason is totally different. Right. Um, so I would, you know, if you're going to make the move, you make it now. You make it before the trade deadline. So, is there anybody else you would consider moving before the trade deadline this year if somebody came a knocking? Oh man, so many, so many ways I want to go with this. It's it's hard for me because. My approach is simply this: Is it to better for next year? Because we we're both in agreement that this season is lost. I think this. No, they don't. I do not think that they have a chance even to win the central. Okay, I agree with that. So, I mean, I I don't know. You'd have to get somebody. I like I said, I looked at the numbers. I looked at everywhere around, and there's nobody right now that stands out. No, I don't think about who who we'd get. Was there anybody on this team that you would move that you would consider moving? O'Neill. I think that's a given. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I don't but, think you're going to get anything. But no, you're not. And he just went to the 60 day um, yeah, I that, IL. But uh, I think I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, I looked and looked and looked at this. I mean, I'd move Mason Wynn because well, but even that, you just depends on who you're going to get for him. And the future looks bright in our infield. You know, we talk about in the next couple of years, Gorman, Walker, Wynn. That's a pretty stacked infield, but. I'd put together Burleson and Yepes if the ask was right to go because we've seen what those two can't do. Yeah, I got no problem moving either one of those because they're the same and we don't need two of them. Right. I agree with that. I I 100% concur. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just need to go to an American League team and just play DH. Or, not. sorry, DH is everywhere now. So, I guess that's good for them. They could play. I have no problem moving in. I have no problem moving Donovan or Edmund. Um, Oh. I don't want to. I would rather move Donovan yes. than Edmund. I think Edmund is more consistent, and his helmet stays on his head, for God's sake. <laughs> I think he's more dynamic. I mean, I, I know a yeah. lot of people like Brendan Donovan. I just think Tommy Edmund is more of an impact player. He has a higher upside. I have more um, no problem moving Lars Newtbar. I, you know, I'd be more on the on the fence with him. It just depends on what you're looking at. I, I would have no problem if somebody came and said they wanted Jack Flaherty. I would have absolutely no problem moving him whatsoever. No, but he's who's going to get him? He doesn't figure into our plans for next year, no. for the most part, because I, you know, I think he's going to be gone in free agency anyway. He, is he done this year or next year? This free year. agent this year? Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's who you do move because, like you said, 
get something out of him, unlike the Colorado GM that didn't move Trevor Story that he signed yeah, with he, somebody So, uh, you know, he's had, I think Flaherty's had some, you know, good starts this year that people could lean back on and go, yeah, uh, we can we can do something with that and we can add him to our back of our Maybe If somebody wants to add him as a fifth starter, that's a pretty damn good fifth starter. You know, he's we count him as an ace. He's not pitching like an ace, but he certainly would be a contribution on the in, the back end of a rotation. I have no problem moving him. I don't think we get a lot in return, but I don't have a problem moving him if somebody wants to give up. And that's what we're talking about. Right. Who would you not mind giving up? Not mind giving up? Mm. Like I say, I don't know. For me, everything's a, well, Walker, no. Wynn, no. Gorman, no. Just because, I mean, Gorman is just complete night and day from last year, and I think he's only going to get better and better. Um, he's been struggling lately, though. <laughs> yeah. Carlson can leave. We know what he is. I got no I mean, problem with him going. Actually, I don't think anybody in our outfield, and I'm not referring to Jordan Walker because Walker is I'm I'm considering Walker a He's the future first baseman. Exactly. He's yeah. gonna be the, he's your first baseman, so I don't even consider him an outfielder. That's why all these players are fans. Hey, Walker's a terrible outfielder. I got no well, problem with anybody from the bullpen going either. No. No, Steven Matz can go, you're not gonna get anywhere. Well, he's not gonna go. Well, he got four huge years. Huge contract just, yeah. and he's nobody's gonna take. Yeah, a huge contract for nothing but Helsley, no problem. Yeah. Gallegos, no problem. Hicks, no problem. Uh, but he's been pitching better. He's, he has. And Cabrera, take him, please. <laughs> All these guys we want to offload, who's going to take him? Nobody. Because the crap. Well, Cabrera always has, on his side, he's a hard-throwing lefty. And everybody's always looking for a hard-throwing lefty. Except Joe Girardi, because he plucked, uh, what was that, he hit two guys in a row with Bryce Harper in the face. Oh, yeah. yeah but, he uh, have, well, he's not managing right now. So, Although, I'd take him as a manager over our current one. I'd get rid of Woodford. I mean, but, you know, he's only – Woodford's 26. His win-loss is 1-2. and two. His ERA is 5.57. That's terrible. Yeah, I'm just – I'm just saying – I'm get, it, it's not good. Yeah, so um, any of those guys, I mean, obviously we wouldn't have any problem trading. As you think about these – who we consider are folks who were primary contributors. Do you have a problem letting them go? Goldschmidt, no problem letting them go. My, I don't have a problem. Arenado. Where did that start, though, you think? It was only a couple weeks ago where all of a sudden somebody, I was just scrubbing. It's contract. I mean, it's contract talk. I mean, he's he's only got a year left on it, and, and he's he's valuable right now. He, he commands the most return of any player on that roster right now. So, obviously, there's going to be talk about it. So, let's let's move forward. We talked about in-season. What about off-season? Free agency. We start moving into free agency. Um is there anybody out there you're looking at in free agency that would be somebody you'd want to bring on uh, the organization? I'll start off. Um, I think there's a couple out there that, that I certainly would consider. And obviously, if you're going to look at free agency with the Cardinals, which they have a terrible track record free agency-wise, I mean, it's just littered with failures. I mean, <laughs> golly. Um, and the big free agency signing this past year, uh, Wilson Contreras not exactly tearing it up right now. Well, he tore up that cooler. He hit a home run last night. He did, but he, he beat the crap out of that cooler. He was one for one on that cooler. Yeah, <laughs> I he, thought I would have been great if somebody would have made a meme, a meme or a gif of him swinging at that cooler and missing. <laughs> Just yeah. dubbed it in. There's a there's quite a few um, quality pitchers that will be on the market uh, after this season. Um, how many, you know, would you really want to take a shot on? Because, I mean, there's some people who have opt-outs that are coming up. Uh, you know, Scherzer's got an opt-out. I don't want anything to do with Scherzer. He's, you know, especially seeing after what 
went down with Degrom with the Rangers. You want to stay away from anybody, with, especially his age. You know, if anybody with an injury history, his arm went dead the year before last. I mean, you want to stay away from people like that. But somebody like Aaron Nola, I would look at Aaron Nola really, really hard. Absolutely. Um, Frankie Montas, I would look at him. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to be a free agent after this year. I would absolutely take a flyer on Clayton Kershaw and put him on the back of the order. Would you give him one year or two? He 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 would command a two. Command two. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Um, there's a Sonny Gray. I would consider taking a look at him. Uh, Alex Cobb. There, he's got a club option uh, coming up this this year. But this is these are guys that I would look at um, as possible free agents. Is there is there some you would think of? And maybe maybe not even pitchers. Maybe some other ones. Yeah. That are not pitchers. I was looking at uh, what's his name. Um, I- Got to pronounce this wrong. What is it? Uh, Urias, Julia Urias, left-handed pitcher. Yeah, uh, it'd be twenty-seven. I like that. I'd is be he a, a free agent next year? That's what it says. Hmm. That one, and then uh, there's one. I don't know if you've heard of him. He plays for the uh, Angels. <laughs> well, he's yeah. a pitcher and an outfielder. We're gonna get to that guy eventually. Oh, okay. the crown jewel of this. The cr- the, uh, the uh, Shohei Otani sweepstakes. What yeah. about? I just had his name up. I here. think Stroman, Marcus Stroman, and he. You know he's trying to get an extension with Chicago right now, and they're not yeah. talking with him. So he's got a he owns the opt out, not the club, coming up into the into the next year. So if he opts out, I'd definitely look at him. We should have went after him when they didn't when they went after Matts. I like uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Actually, I've been watching him. He's a he can play right or left field, and he can hit a little bit. But you know, who knows? Um, what about um, two more that I would say that are on the list? Uh, Kyle Hendricks from the club from the Cubs would be an interesting proposal. I mean, I don't. It, Cubs would be really upset if we took Wilson Contreras one year, and well, I guess not because they didn't resign. They didn't yeah, offer him. Yeah, they were dead. But I like Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks would be one that would be interesting. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is another one up in Detroit, but I think I, I think everybody in the league thinks you know Rodriguez is going to get traded before the trade deadline this year. Um, and, and some of these other players may very well, but I think he's definitely one that's going to be moved, especially with Detroit playing as bad as they have. Um, but, you know, unless it's a sign and trade, he's still going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So he's another interesting option. What about uh, any re- uh, position players that you think we could use anywhere? I'll take any options? outfielders. Uh, like I said, I like that Teoscar Hernandez. And actually, I was looking at this too. There are some significant um, Japanese players that yeah, are that are eligible to come over because I, they fulfilled their commitment with their uh, Japanese teams. There's one uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That's a great name. Yes, it? it is. But uh, he played for Japan World Baseball Classic. Uh, good player for sure. I mean, there's just to me, if you look across it, there's really nobody who really trips my trigger in the outfield. Yeah. I'll tell you one who's having a real, who's been really hot lately. Ian Happ. Uh, no, Jorge wow. Soler. What? A, that's uh, a great name, Jorge. Jorge Soler has been really hot of late. He's one of the hottest hitters in the major leagues right now. Um, he's got an opt out for next year. Uh, he's a really interesting prospect. But I, I get I get feelings of Marcelo Zuna if you start thinking about him because. Although he's got an, a real big upside on power, he uh, can he can strike swing and miss with the best of them. And you know, a couple years ago, he had what forty eight home runs, but he hit like two hundred one. So um, and he scaled the wall and then <laughs> fell. But that was a couple years ago. 
Are you talking about Ozuna? Yeah. No, I'm talking about Soler. Oh, Soler had. Sorry, you said Ozuna, and then I just every time I hear Marcelo Zuna, I just think of him running up the wall and then the ball landing on the warning track. Um, you know, I look around. I don't. I don't. I think we're fine everywhere else. I just don't see anywhere uh, where we could potentially bring somebody else other than, um, you know, maybe in the relief core. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a lot of names out there in the relief uh, world that we could bring in to to kind of beef up this bullpen, which is just right. taking a beating this year. Hey, Alex Reyes will be a free agent next year. Does Steven <laughs> still play? <laughs> he had another surgery, dude. Oh my! He gosh. just got shut down for the year. Uh, with the Dodgers for another surgery, uh, God, you got to feel for that guy. Yeah, is he just he just unfortunately just a bad luck Chuck right now. Oh man, every year it seems like he has because something. I mean, but the dude has just nasty stuff. Yeah, he had filthy stuff. He had so much. I mean, he still has filthy stuff. We shouldn't say it. Like, right? Yeah, okay. You know, we're giving. But when he's healthy, but just so much potential. I, I I agree with you. I, at some point, you just kind of feel bad for the guy. It's like go somewhere and do something because you're a really talented player. Yeah, and. Um, Things of that nature, but like, but I I, I agree. But, but then you, you let's talk, let's Yo. talk about the elephant in the room that you brought up earlier. Is my Otani. dad, Otani? No, not your dad. Oh, yeah. why do you talk about your dad like that? It's Father's Day tomorrow. Tomorrow um, that yeah. means I get today. Today you yeah. get free <laughs> free reign. Yeah, open season. Um, Otani. I mean, gosh, wouldn't it be great? I mean, you're getting two players out of one. So I was going to bring this up later, but I'll go ahead and say it now. So Otani right now is leading the majors in homers, right? 22 homers and OPS. Um, he's third in the majors in RBIs. He's hitting 300. He's five and three with a 3.29 ERA, and he's third in the major league in strikeouts for pitchers. Is he the MVP until he says he's not? I think so. He has to be. What other player demands that dominance offensively, dominant on the mound? I mean, and he's just fun to watch, and I. He hit a he hit a oppo home run the other night, 109 miles an hour, 448 feet, oppo. That's just it's the hardest hit opposite field home run uh, since Statcast started tracking. That almost defies physics. <laughs> I mean, obviously it does it, but it's just it's just borderline not human. Should we like check his DNA and just try to clone him? And that's insane. Like there's. Every day there is something different that, that that guy does that just blows me away just from being a human being going, how can you do that? I'm kind of jealous. I mean, like that's a lot wrapped up into one dude. And he seems just like a humble guy, too. Because I remember there was one time, you know, he was going through a bit of a, a slump, if that is good. So he probably didn't hit a good, you know, he only went three for five that day instead of four for five or five for five. But he was in the dugout giving his bat CPR. It's like, that's funny. <laughs> Like, he actually, they showed it then, too. He came down, he's on the steps. He, like, he did the whole head tilt, chin lift thing, and he blew into the barrel of the bat and then started pumping it up yeah, and everything. Good. Thing. Yeah. Uh, see, but see, uh, that's funny. Carl's wouldn't do that. They just well, break stuff. Well, they don't have fun like that. You know, I yeah. really wish, uh, you know, we were just lamenting this season. I wish somebody would give CPR to the Redbirds so they would become alive. But, uh, yeah. so, let's, let's go to a break. And uh, we'll come back and we'll go take a look around the league and see what's going on. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back on 90 Feet Apart with Chris Kopp. Yes, sir.
we're back here on 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Um, so let's take a quick look around the league and see what's going on. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of players out there right now that are really hitting the ball well. Um, so, And ironically, none of them are Cardinals. <laughs> Well, uh, actually, I think if the top 25, oh. if you look at average in the top 25 for the last couple of weeks, I think Jordan Walker cracks the top 25. Looking at it right. Nope. He fell out. Oh. That's that's Nolan Arenado. Uh, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Walker has been hitting the ball well. Is it, so is there anybody that uh, really jumps out for you that you look at and you go, holy cow, these guys, this guy's tearing it up? Yes. My guy from last episode, we're talking about the quest for 400. Luis Arias, baby. Last 15 days, batting 451. I like it. It only struck out four times in the last 15 days. What's he, I mean, I, I don't know if you have it in front of you. What? So as he makes this quest for 400, I mean, you said he's hitting what the last 450, what? 451 over the last uh, 15 days. And what? So what's that got him at for the year? 390. 390 batting oh, he average. dropped a little he bit. He did drop, but he still, you know, he, if he goes four for four, he's right back in it. 451? 459? What'd you say again for the last couple days? What? For the last, last 15 days? Oh, was he hitting? bounce all over How the is place. he not hitting 400 as a whole? I don't know. I guess he had a cold week. <laughs> uh, I think he had a game where he went over. I think he was over five, so that dropped him. Yeah. So average last fifteen days four fifty one. Oh, that is OBP four ninety one. Slugging five eighty eight. What? Slugging five eighty eight. Well, yeah. I guess when you're hitting, you know, four fifty one, it's not hard to slug five hundred. No, no. The OPS of one point zero seven nine. That's pretty solid. I'm pulling for him. You is he going to do it? No, he's not going to do it. Yes, we talked he about is. this before. He's not going to do it. Suck. That's almost. It's an impossible uh, achievement. No, it's not. Ted Williams. Baseball. I beg to differ. Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat. Bro, 80, <laughs> two years ago. 82 years. Uh-huh. Dave was alive for it. <laughs> um, what about, here's another guy who's been tearing it up lately, uh, on a team that's been very disappointing, the Padres, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, he's going at a 391 clip with five homers and 11 ribbies in his last couple weeks. I mean, he's he's really starting to heat up, and, that, and they're starting to play a little bit better. I think, thankfully for them, because I think that uh, – there was some definite trepidation with uh, how they started their season. They spent a lot of money, invested a lot into a, a very expensive payroll, and had been, you know, really underperforming. Not as bad as the Mets are underperforming as it relates to payroll. But so, I heard I heard a stat the other day. Yeah. The payroll of the Mets is like seven. It, it's it can't be this number. I swear they said it on the telecast last night. Seventy million more than the Yankees. Seventy. Than the That's, Yankees. Yeah. That's nuts. We're gonna have to verify that on the break, but that is a that is a big difference. So, yeah, that's huge, <laughs> and to be bad. So, a real quick spinoff of that. Real quick question for you: mm-hmm. Who's the bigger di- disappointment, Cardinals, Mets, or the Padres? Go. Uh, I would say the Mets would be my number one. I mean, they they put so much money into that team, and a had seventy such million high, more than the Yankees, which is nuts. We gotta verify that. Yeah, we do. Uh, that's, that's crazy. They have put so much into it, and there was such high expectation with that team and with some veteran leadership. And I mean, they just had all the right pieces in place. Um, but as a as a lifelong Cardinal fan, you know, when they used to be arch rivals, I can't say that I'm upset about it. No, no, I think it's funny. The yeah. New York Metropolitans. 
Um, another guy who continues, I mean, I think he's, I still believe that he's the National League MVP up to this point is uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, recently hit his. That's our uh, producer's he's got, boy. He's got 15 homers and 30 steals. Um, he's well on his way to a 30-30, probably a 40-40 season, which hasn't been done in quite a while. So how many, here's a stat that I'm going to look up just for the next show. How many more steals, or how many, how many more does Ocuna Jr. himself have more steals than how many other baseball clubs out there? You think? Yeah. I mean, steals are up, but you That's think true. he has? There's probably a, a there's probably know, a few. I remember back when the in, like in the '80s, the Boston Red Sox were the most station to station team ever. It's like slow pitch they softball. Were, I mean, everybody on that team was slow and could run, and, and, <laughs> and you put like their season numbers up against somebody like Ricky Henderson. Well, I mean, there was a lot of guys you could put it up against who were running, but Timmy Raines, Ricky Henderson, somebody like that, and their season numbers were not even comparable to this individual player's single oh. ones. Anybody else out there tearing it up? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Ty France, uh, first baseman from the Mariners. Uh, over his last 15 days, averages are 15, yeah, 15 days, 409 with an uh, OBP of 447, slugging 591 with an OPS of 1038, solid. Yeah. And there's 44 at-bats uh, in those 11 games, 18 hits. Uh, a two, uh, the, excuse me, five doubles and one homer. It's like not a lot of power there, but seven RBIs. Uh, but still, you know, that's pretty solid. 409. I'll take a 409 for a two-week span in the major leagues. Yeah, and then I'll say the guy who's who really has been tearing it up more than anybody is the guy we talked about in the last session, Shohei Otani. Never heard of her. <laughs> that guy is absolutely murdering the ball the last two weeks with uh, seven homers in 15 ga- in 15 days. 16 RBIs. His OPS is an absurd 1.657. 1,657. I mean... Do you think his OPS is higher than some people's checking accounts? His slugging is over 1,000. Most people, you know, if they got an OPS over 1,000, it's incredible. His slugging alone is over 1,000. Who is going to win the Otani sweepstakes? I I mean, I know we could could do a whole show on that. I think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think it's the I Dodgers so. or Seattle. Yeah, because I think he stated before that he wants to stay West Coast so people in Japan can watch the games yeah. and not be the different time yeah, zone. He, so. he, it's, it, that is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that and also whether or not California stays in the race. Uh, or I shouldn't say California. I'm sorry. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They have not been the California Angels yeah. for a long, yeah, long so time. Yeah, so I grew up a long time. Ago. <laughs> they have been, they have not they have not been the California Angels since you had hair. They well that's probably true actually. Um, <laughs> they haven't been since there was angels in the outfield. Oh yeah, way, sir. Danny Glover. <laughs> Speaking uh, of baseball movies, which we'll get to later. That's true. Um, yeah, I think Tony to Dan. see if how long they stay in the race and whether he actually gets traded. But I can tell you, man, I if I'm whatever team that's interested in him, there's no way I'm trading for him at the deadline because he is going to be a free agent. Yep. You are not going to be able Absolutely. to turn it. I 100% flip it and sign agree. him. It's not going to be a sign and trade. Um, so another big story out there is is the Oakland A's. And the yes. Oakland A's, yes. I think we've talked a little bit on some other uh, episodes about the struggles that the franchise and the city are having between them, and it's a little bit of a perceived to be a little bit of a power struggle between the owner and um, the city, and then it seems like MLB is very much on the side of the owner to obviously because that's you know that's who the commissioner is appointed by the 
owners if nobody knew that, um, which I see as quite a conflict of interest. Uh, but I he seems very in favor of allowing the A's to stink their way out of Oakland and move to Las Vegas. Um, there's been you know, approvals that have gone through. Uh, it, it, the Nevada State Senate passed a bill the other day to authorize the funding of a new stadium. The A's reached an agreement with Bally's and GLPI uh, to build a stadium in the downtown area. So, I mean, just everything is falling in place. The, the, the wheels are all in motion to make this happen. And so the other day, uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was, uh, Oakland A's fans engineered what they called a reverse boycott. That was great. Which instead of not showing up, which is what they've been doing all year anyway, right. uh, they decided to show up in mass. They had 27,000 people there, and they protested the owner uh, and the league. And I, I actually watched a little bit of that game, and it was one, at one point during the game, I think it was the fifth inning I was watching, they – and they played. And here's the funny thing: the A's have been playing really well lately. <laughs> yeah, that was their seventh uh, seventh win in a row, I think. Yeah. on that game. Um, and so, but they stayed completely silent in the inning, and, and they were winning, and the pitcher was doing really well. But they, you know, they weren't cheering. I mean, it was it was a library in there. It was deathly quiet. And then all of a sudden, they started this slow chant of "Sell the team" uh, to protest the owner. What do you make of this debacle? I, I think it's hilarious um, that you're going to protest a T or not leaving, but you don't show up anyways, and then you do the reverse boycott, and then you can still only get 27,000 people there. To So unfortunately, that just proved, the, in my mind, that proved Major League Baseball's point, and the owner's like, even on this huge standout, you can still only get 27000 But I think it's Actually, hilarious. Actually, uh, Rob Manford made a statement about that when they asked him about it. And he said, oh, that's nice. They drew about an average MLB crowd. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's So, I mean, I, I think it's funny. I mean, good on them for, you know, trying it. And um, But, I mean, there, there's no way they're not going to uh, Vegas. That's, yeah, so that, the, it, That's done. The only thing that hasn't been done has been signed. Yeah, I and, agree. Um, but I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like, and, and obviously St. Louis went through this with the Rams. Um, I don't like owners holding the product hostage for leverage against the uh, the city, and so they continue to not spend money and put a crappy product on the field, and then complain when people don't show up to support the team when they're not they're not investing in the team to put a, pro- a good product on the field. So how long do you think the Oakland A's have been thinking about this and slowly but surely uh, the selling o- teams away or not, yeah, not re-signing players just to kind of – do you think it's been thought of and talked about for the last we'll say five years? You think Billy Bean or whoever – I think it's still Billy Bean. We, we need to look that up because we and, talked about that before. And told them, um, you know, we want this move to happen, start – getting rid of players so we could be bad. I think Basically there's probably the been some there's probably been some momentum on that because they've tried this I mean this isn't just the way they woke up one morning and said, Hey, let's move to Las Vegas. Um, they've been working to try and get a new stadium deal for quite some time in the Bay Area. And I think uh, when we, we talked about this previously, I think what I had heard was they had had six the the owner is 0 for six in getting stadium deals passed. Um that's that's not a good track record. And at some point, you'd have to get upset about it and say, um, hey, you know, if there's not going to be the support here, 
it, but but hey, why is it the city's responsibility to build a new stadium? You know, where is the organization as far? And I don't know what the the discussions have been between the city and the ownership about how much they would kick in and how much the city would kick in. But you know, there's got to be some investment by the ownership in the in the facility that they play in as well, and can't be totally relied on taxpayers to pay for this thing. Um, again, and then it goes back to that whole holding it hostage. If, well, taxpayers aren't going to pay, aren't going to vote to pay for that thing if you're not going to put a good product on the field. And right. how, how long have they? I mean, they've had some winning teams there, uh, but they were very cardinal-like, you know, because that's what analytics does. It it lets you win over 162 games to a decent clip, but it doesn't work in the playoffs. No, it 100% doesn't work in the playoffs. And to answer just a further question, we did the uh, A's GM is David Frost. And Billy Bean David still... David Frost, that's the British guy. Oh, sorry, Forced. Interviewed... Forced, I read that wrong. I, oh, okay. I'm, I had a dyslexic moment. Uh, David Forced and Billy Bean is still involved with the club, but he is a senior advisor Consultant. to the owner of the uh, ball club. Yeah, which means he has an office there and he gets paid. Uh, right. Well. So to, to go back to what you're talking about, though, yeah, I, I don't think it's the city's responsibility to fork over that much money for a product that isn't very good at the time. Now... If memory serves me correctly, the way it went down for the Rams here in St. Louis was they signed, the city signed a terrible deal just in order to get them here. Um, and from my understanding, it was the, the Rams stadium had to be always something, the, the, the wording sounds crazy, the literature, always had to be ranked in the top five of stadiums throughout the NFL. It was something just ungodly. So, I mean, that's why they came, but then knowing full well that the city wasn't going to, couldn't do it or whatever, they could upright and move the team, which is what Kroenke did. It was a really weird, I need to get the, the facts on it, but it was a really weird deal, which allowed, you know, the city to actually do it. But it's not like um, the St. Louis didn't offer to keep them, you know, they offered there, but this is a baseball show. But I, I agree with you. This is, this is, Moving a franchise is, is huge, and it just doesn't, like you said, happen overnight. So I'm just curious, though, if this is if they have been dogging or tanking on purpose. Ooh, I don't know, boy. To that's... move the team, I think that's a set for a movie uh, that they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just came up with that to move the team on purpose. But if let's just say that they did, is that illegal? I don't think it's illegal. I think it is. Is it illegal? You can't yeah, tank I, on purpose? Yeah, I, I think that it is. I mean, I think the CBA has something about that. Uh, and certainly that's been a discussion um, in recent years in the NFL about tanking in order to improve your draft status. You know, it doesn't it doesn't help as much in, in Major League Baseball because drafts are, you know, that's, that is a roll of the dice in Major League Baseball with a draft, whereas NFL is, a little, there's a little bit more certainty involved with how a draft pick's going to go do right. to some degree. Um, I, you know, that I would, I would love to think, and, and maybe it's just the optimist in me that a major league franchise would not do that. Um, or else you'd be the set. That'd be, that'd be the scene setter for a 1988 film about a team that I think you'll probably talk about that later. Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so of course. Hey, so one other thing that happened here, uh, in the last, uh, week was, and I saw it, and it just piqued my interest. Um, Isaiah Kiner Falafa of, uh, is that how you say his name? Is it Falafa? I think so. Falafel. I like Falafel. Have you ever I had like Falafel? Falafel too? Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna go to the Afghan restaurant when we leave here today. Can I go with you? No, you cannot. Ah, um, that's you, me, you man. You have family here, sir. Uh, he had a straight steal. 
he of the Yankees, uh, utility player from the Yankees, had a straight steal of home the other day. And and I got thinking like, you know, a straight steal of home. I, yeah, you see the double steal where they you know they work it and they steal home. That's happened, but when's a it just doesn't happen that often anymore. And so I, I started you know thinking about what are the numbers for that because I I can't, honestly can't tell you the last time I remember a cardinal with a straight steal of home. Vince Coleman has to be, I would think. Um, I remember. Uh, I believe it was Tom Nieto, a catcher in the 80s, who had a straight seal of home to win a game, which was pretty incredible. Um, but the number of steals of home, just as a whole, which, you know, how often do you think a steal of home actually happens? Not uh, a lot. It's not. So there's been, so the, the most recent numbers you, you look at, 2021, there were 17 instances of steal of home plate. Now it doesn't it doesn't divvy that up, and I'm doing more research on to find out how many were straight steals, oh, who came up with double straight. steal. But, gotcha. but even gotcha. that, I just don't re- remember it happening all that often. Mm-mm. We've had one this year. I think the Cardinals had one this year. They, steal yeah, on they, a double steal. they did. Um, but on the average, I mean, it's a double-digit occurrence steals of home. If I look down this list, but the percentage uh, is not good. You know, it's essentially the. the success rate on it is in the 30s, 30% is typically. I'm curious how many of those are coming off a left-handed pitcher. Why would it be different? Tell me. Because the lefties, maybe they lose track of the runner at third. They're facing first. They're back to them. I wonder, you know. Could be, yeah. And so they get a bigger lead and they jump. Just bigger league and they just take off. Or I wonder if it's like, you know what, no matter what, I'm going. But I don't know. That's a good point, sir. Have Have you ever been, have you ever seen one live at any level? High school. Yeah, we used to have a play. We did it a lot at high school, actually, because we just get huge leads. We have a really, really fast guy, and we'd look down, and we had the the coach, third base coach, was like Tommy Lasorda. He was the head coach and the third base coach. So if he did the, he'd be flashing his signs and stuff. <laughs> but if he did the choke, choke, we were getting out of the that way. That was so a we, legit. That was a legit sign. Mm-hmm. The choke sign. Yep. But we knew he. What was, was the indicator for you guys? What was the on? Ear. Ear. Anything that touched your ear. So anything after that? So like ear first belt. First sign after that. First sign after that. So the indicator was the ear, and then after that was either leg, steel, bunt. What was belt? Whatever. Swing away. What was bunt? No. What was hit? Swing away. What was what was the indicator for swing away? Just nothing. Green light. There was no. When he would just go, just hit the ball. <laughs> so he would actually verbally say it, because I would all because we were you know we were trained. He'd get mad if nobody would look down, which I get it. High school kids trying to teach the game. This is like oh one oh two. I remember one time it was like a second and third. I was coming up and I was swinging a pretty hot bat at that time. And I just looked down there. He just goes, hit the ball. I'm not doing it. It's like, all right. <laughs> Great signal. Yeah, it was. Throw me a strike. I'm going to hit the ball. But anyways, we had that choke play. And what it was was we were we worked on it all the time. So we would stay in the batter's box as long as we could. And then we would just open, if we were a right-handed batter, uh, just open our leg to like open stance and let them slide. Basically try to act as a blocker for the catcher. We would create chaos, and now a lot of high school um aren't going to call that, so we would just stand there and then move at the last second. Or just one of the guys, just, he just lifted his leg like a dog peeing on it, and a guy, a uh, base runner, slid right underneath him. It was a, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. I You know, I see that in, if you go watch. Uh, my kids early on played some uh, youth baseball, youth softball, and as kids start to go up past, like, parent or coach pitch, you'll see those teams that just take complete advantage of, other teams would just run. They just run nonstop. Right. You know, and it's 
I think that we talked about a little bit about that last week when we talked about youth baseball. It's just not teaching it the right way. Correct. Um, but I, I'm telling you, I can't even coming up through. I don't remember. I don't remember ever seeing a, a straight steal of home live, either from a you know attending a game or participating in a game. At all. I don't recall it ever. There's something that is in my mind that I thought I was at a game at Bush Stadium 2. It's got to be exciting. Where Vince Coleman did it. Now, I was very, very young. I need to you were pull it young, up. Sir. Yes, but I don't. I just. That's all I remember. I just remember a guy running in third and the place went nuts. Now, I don't know if it was a pass ball or anything like that, but I think Vince Coleman had you look, stolen home. Well, he had 300 and. Like 20 steals in his first three years with the Cardinals, so one of those had to be home plate. Um, you want to see a mind blowing stat line? I mean, there's lots of those out there, but yes. look at look at when we get a chance. Look at Vince Coleman's minor league stolen base stats. He had a season where he had I think he had like 130 games or 120 games, and he had 145 steals. It was more than one a game. It's absurd. Yes, that is insane. Yeah. I, just, I just pulled it up. Vince Coleman did steal home. Um, it was they were at home. It was in Bush Stadium too. So I'll have to pull up the video during the break. See if you're on it. Yeah, <laughs> going crazy, like getting held up like a like the Lion King. Look up there holding the baby. The, the Lion King. Ah, yeah. And then he just throws yeah. me off. Yeah. So that's it. what's been going on around the league. Um, Notice how none of the storylines are the Cardinals. No. It's no. nice though we get to talk about other things and. Winning baseball. Nothing's really changed either with regards to the standings. What we covered last week. I mean, it's it's pretty much set how it is, and uh, uh, there's some teams yeah. starting to pull away a little bit, but uh, nothing's changed with the league leaders. You still got Tampa in the AL East. You still got Minnesota in the Central. Texas, who just looks really strong. Although I will say Houston is starting to heat up a little bit, um, starting to play better. Um, although their record over the last ten games doesn't really Tray it, but neither does Texas. They've been a little bit cold of late. Um, Atlanta is uh, still up on Miami in the NL East. Um, Man, good Philly's, for Miami. Though. Philly's good been for playing Miami. better. Philly's been playing a lot yeah, better. Yes, late. they have. Uh, eight and two over the last ten, and then uh, the, the NL Central is still the NL Central with one team over 500. God, they suck. Just like the AL, the two Centrals are just terrible. But they do. I will give them. I will give our division credit. Now we have two other teams at 500. So Ooh. 500 better, yeah. So Moving the on up. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been playing really well lately. I think maybe uh, Ellie De La Cruz coming up has kind of sparked for them. Yeah, maybe? I think uh, Ellie May. I like Ellie play. May. Ellie May. I'm. That's my pick right now. Uh, they're going to be your Central League champions or Ooh, Central Cincinnati? Division. Yep. Could be. Very I I'm book book it right now. The sem- he says. Uh, um, June seventeenth. And then he got. Uh, Arizona, your boys out there, still uh, 14 games over 500 and leading the NL West with the Dodgers behind them. And then San Francisco, who's played a little bit better because they've played the Cardinals. Um, they, you know, the, the San Francisco is really funny because they're 37 and 32. Take away their games against the Cardinals, which they're, I believe they are 6-1 uh, and one against the Cardinals. Uh, so that's... Five games over 500. So they're so they're good they're against the Cardinals. They're a 500 team. Uh, you know, without that. That's yeah. Fine. So that's where we are on the league. Uh, uh, there, other sports news lately. There's been some uh, important developments and or not developments, but uh, championships over the last uh, week. 
in NHL. The, yes. The Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Congrats to them. Only in, in only their sixth year of existence. Yeah, they, and, but they've been in two finals, right? This is their second This final. is their second final. They lost the first one to um, in their inaugural year. They lost to Washington, the Capitals. The Caps. So that was the year before. Right. That was Were you out there at that time? Or are you still? No, no. I, was, I, was, uh, I was in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, sing it. Georgia. Ray. Yeah, so they won. You know, happy for a couple of ex-Blues. Uh, Petrangelo, yeah, Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev, both uh, key contributors on our 2019 Cup, but also key contributors on this uh, Vegas win over the Florida Panthers. So here, Did you watch that game? Uh, which one? The, the clinching game? Yeah, the other night. Game. Yes. This, how many goals they scored? Nine. It was just <laughs> total. You're talking about shutting the door, man. Total domination. And it was a sweep, right? No. Oh, I thought it was one in game five. One, one. Game five. Uh, Florida took one game. Um, so looking back, I mean, who would have thought in 2023? I mean, look at this from a you know to- totally different time frame from the 80s. Um, who would have thought that the NHL Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, would be Las Vegas and Florida? <laughs> Nothing says hockey like those two. <laughs> those two hotbeds of winter sports, cold climates. <laughs> so. <laughs> You just saying that makes me think of um, Back to the Future 2. When he's sitting there and they go, Marty comes back, and he's in 2015, <laughs> and they have the World Series announcement. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, you know, the Cubs against Miami. He goes, he goes, yeah, but Miami. You know, because it wasn't even a team. That, so it made me think of that. And then that fake Jaws came out and bit him. Yeah. Shark so still also looks the fake. same week uh, in, in, the, in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets swept yeah. uh, Miami. Good for them. I uh, I watched some of that game. Yeah, that's uh, you know I don't I don't much follow basketball unless it's the Spurs, and I don't much follow them anymore because they're not very good anymore. No, but they did get that draft of that uh, yeah, French did. guy. Yeah. So so congratulations to the Nuggets and Jokic um, who, uh, who captured a, a title that uh, in a city that's you know been starving for a championship for a while. Um, yeah, I'm ha- happy for them. I like it when non-dominant teams win. You know, kind of not Cinderella stories, but well, I, I thought like that would have been pretty cool though if uh, Miami would have come back and at least made that competitive. But if they would have won the NBA championship after being a play-in team and an eight seed, yeah, that would have been uh, that, that would have been, been a nice cool. story. And Jimmy Butler fun. as would have been a legend if he came back all the way through and led them to that. But I tell you what, Jimmy Butler did. He had the key turnover. That led to them going up five, and then he came back and just chucked up a shot. So Miami had the ball. They're down three, and obviously with 24 seconds left. So the the shot clock was going to go out before – or the game clock was going to go out before the shot clock. So they're working it around, and then Butler gets the ball. 15 seconds left on the clock, completely guarded, just chucks one up. I'm like, is that really the shot you want with 15 – I mean – he right, He's the right guy shooting it. Sure, but, I mean, he shot that – he was facing the other hoop, it looked like. He, like, tried some sky hook. <laughs> it yeah, was he's, weird. He's creative. He's creative. He's creative. He's creative, and they lost. Yeah. And then uh, NFL, OTA is going on right now. Oh, um, yes, they are. Go Bengals. Yeah, I figured you'd have something to say about your Bengals. Because um, they're good. They are. They are. Um, How are your Chargers looking up out there? Uh, yeah. Didn't I told you before when we talked about the draft, they, didn't, they haven't shored up the – the run defense, which they were bad. They've been bad for a long time against it. Until they do that, they're not going to win anything. Um, offensively, they look strong. I'll tell you what my concern with them is. is um, You know, we franchised Austin Eckler, and 
that's it. He's not going to come back. We're not going to have him again. So at running back, he's going to – and what a weird position that is now, you know, whereas running back used to be the premier position. Obviously now quarterback is the premier position. But running backs just don't command anything no. with regards to the, – the top free agent uh, signing, I think, over the over the offseason was only like a seven-per-year signing. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very very big. I just think everybody thinks they're so a dime Eckler, a dozen. Eckler getting franchised. He's getting franchised. I think he got franchised at like six point two or something. So he's right around where he probably should be. Whereas if you look at it back in like the early nineties when you're talking about Marshall Falk or you're talking about uh, you know Priest Holmes or somebody one of these. Well, I guess that was later than Reggie early Bush 90s. time there when yeah, he, but when these he guys came who out. were just they you know these were guys who touched the ball constantly. Um, they were the premier players, but now, you know, the way they look at it is, hey, sign a rookie, draft a rookie, sign him to a rookie first-round contract. You've got him for six years. Maybe, then get rid of him. Maybe, maybe you franchise him once or maybe, you know, a one-year extension or whatever, and then you let him go, and you, you go again. Start over. Yeah, it's not. It's just not what it used to be. No, but, I mean, even a lot of two, the best running backs of well, the ones that get, you know, the third-down backs that catch the ball and go. NFL so pass-driven. Yeah, but it's it fun to watch. I love watching passes. It is. I, I I personally like the NFL when it was a little bit rougher. I like defense. I like big hits, and now you can't hardly touch anything. But that can as we get towards a uh, hundred yards a hundred yards apart, yeah, which will be the football podcast. The football podcast. We will uh, we will start talking about that. So hey, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we slide into a break and we'll come back to our uh, like stealing uh, home slide into a yeah. Right, I yeah. like what you a, did there. A straight steal of home and uh, we'll come back and we'll do our final session of what the hell and we'll talk about our all-time best which is uh, I'm baseball which we've been, <laughs> we've been pretty mm, excited mm, about this one mm, doing baseball mm. movies so we'll be back on 90 feet apart with chris and kyle in a minute Here on 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Um, so for today, what the hell? Um, I want oh, you. Yeah. You do the you honors today. Sir. I got two. What the hell? What the hell? Oh my God! No way! So you got two? Oh, I got two. Uh, I just got to mention. Well, they're both worthy of mention, but I just don't want what to let the go. Hell? Um, yeah, no, yeah. Well, my God, no way. Um, that sounded good. Um, is, so we talked about many camps and football, Mm. NFL coming up. And the big story out of that was, you know, Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills, they're saying that he, he, uh, wasn't at the mandatory mini camp. And then Josh Allen saying that, um, you know, it's part of his, you know, he could get Diggs involved and everything. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, he's not there. But then I'm, so I'm in San Antonio, and I'm sitting at the bar, uh, naturally. And um, there's a headline that comes across. It says, um, Buffalo Bills say Stefan Diggs is not at minicamp, but his agent says he was there. Mm-hmm. Or is there. Yeah. I'm like, what? 
That, that doesn't even make sense. So nobody knows? Nobody knows where he's at. I was like, is this guy in the parking lot? Was he like Willie Mays Hayes? Did he get cut already and he just woke <laughs> up outside? So he woke up in the in the top of a bunk bed? Was he wearing funny nose glasses or something? I don't know. It's like, where was this guy at? So, I mean, what the hell is up with that? That Nobody knows where he's at. Uh, well, so is he also, um, I would say, so Justin Herbert got asked about this the other day um, it, with the with the Bolts. Um, cause you know, he's coming into a contract year, right? So they're trying to talk about is, is he going to stage, uh, a sit in or I'm sorry, not a sit in a hold in. So yeah, a hold in, a hold in as opposed to a hold out, you know, so where they, you know, if a hold out, they don't report, uh, to camp when, when, uh, is waiting on when, money or when it starts. Or, yeah, right, so right. I mean, when they start having their their uh, camp before pre or before the season, they don't show up, you know, and they use that as leverage to, to get more money or whatever. Sure. So apparently, that's that's not that's a passe thing now. You don't do holdouts because when you hold out, if you're not there, then they take money from you, right? Well, if you do a hold in, which means you still show up to camp, you just don't do a damn thing. So you're just standing there. You go to meetings. Maybe you can show up at the meetings, but you don't go out on the field. You don't practice. You don't do anything organized with the team. Um, and so they were asking if he was going to do that. And it, so I wondered when you when you sent me a text the other night and said you were going to talk about that. I'm like, I wonder if it's the same type of situation. Maybe he's doing the hold in, and nobody knows what's going on because they can't find him. So he's there in disguise, or I tell you where he's at. He's standing on top of the facility. Uh, he talked to the Patriots and wanted to know where the best place to video from and cheat perhaps was and not get noticed. So he's yeah. so he so it's like I wonder if it means that like if he's even in the state of New York, does his agent consider him there? Like he's there. Or, I don't that, know. That's really weird. Yeah. When you started saying hold it, I was like, so um, is Justin Herbert going to organize like a lock in, like a I, teenager yeah, locked in yeah. where you get locked in? Well, he I, looks young enough to do that. Right? He yeah, he does. Uh, so for my what the hell today, I'm going to go to the NBA. And uh, how do you say this dude's name? J- NBA? Ja? National Basketball Ja Morant or J Morant? I think it's Ja. Ja. Or maybe Ya. Ja Rule. Or maybe it's the J is silent. Like Ja Rule, the rapper? No? Anyway, ja, ja Rule. Morant. That guy, ja Morant. That guy from the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, um, that poor guy. So repeatedly getting caught for lack of a better term, uh, on social media brandishing weapons, right? So he'd already been uh, suspended earlier in the year by the the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver. Had already He already shut him down for eight games earlier in the year for a, you know, a series of different things that he had done that they all in, involved gun-related incidents. So then, you know, not into the postseason here, a, a new Instagram, I think it was on Instagram, probably, um, Another photo appears of him brandishing a firearm. And so the league comes down and levels a 25-game suspension on him coming into the 23-24 season. So my what the hell is, for this young man, what the hell are you thinking? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, it, these guys have got to, you know, the league provides plenty of training on uh, how to carry yourself on social media, you know, the right people to surround yourself with. They, they get this. Repeatedly, but this kid keeps making the same mistake over and over and over again. So what the hell is up with your decision making? You've got to, you've got to get your th- yourself together because you know you have a responsibility not just to yourself, 
and it's going to affect your bottom line. But you have a responsibility to your team, who's a who's a pretty decent young team, uh, and he's a key part of it. Yes, yeah, huge part. And, of and it. he's out of and he's he's out of the mix now um, for you know what? There's 81 game, 82 games in an NBA season. Yeah, so, 82. You know, essentially, he's missing a third of the season. Um, and nobody to... plays 82 games in the NBA anymore right. because of load management. They play like 60, yeah. maybe. Um, so what the hell, guy? Get yourself together and, and, and get your mind right. And I don't – so just to piggyback off what that – and I hate that expression, but there was a – I think there was, there was a, either a, a, a gang guy who – a gang member. I don't remember what gang it was, but basically uh, called him out and said, if you want to be about that life, uh, I don't think you want any part of it, you know, but we can we can show you what it's all about and things like that. Basically, basically, you know, calling him out for kind of the same things. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. That is really weird. But I know you're a big uh, card collector, sports cards, baseball cards, things of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, delve a little bit, as you know. But, uh, you know, the memorabilia patches and stuff like that. So the yeah. joke around was uh, they posted on one of the card collecting sites. It was a John Morant authentic <laughs> card, but it had like a Benelli. Nine millimeter clip <laughs> was the was the yeah, was authentic the, patch. Yeah. It was the patch card. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, but it was funny. He's got a Beretta symbol. Yeah, on it. Beretta. And he was. Oh, it was great. <laughs> he goes, get this serial number. You know, it has the the game you. Oh, I was like, that's gosh. terrible, but funny all the same time because I mean, like you said, this is the second time doing it, and he apologized to the commissioner the first time. Oh, what happened again? I learned. Well, my he lesson. apologized to everybody, and it was completely you know hollow. Yeah, it absolutely was. Oh my. Gosh, uh, well, hopefully he gets his uh, head right. Cause I think the NBA is a better product with him in it because he's a very explosive player and he's fun to watch. But yeah, maybe he just needs to grow up a little bit. Uh, is that your fun? Yeah. So my second one, and we're going to go all the way, we're br- going to bring it back to baseball because it is a baseball, what the hell, our baseball show. So us here at the St. Louis Cardinals fandom and you know we hear stories coming out you know uh, about why the team isn't playing or performing or what they should be performing at or yeah. things of that nature and you know my biggest thing or most amusing thing to do now is to look at um their the new and amazing excuses that they come up with with why they're winning so interestingly enough a couple of days ago, Nolan Arenado in the clubhouse the interview said, well, this team is young. We're really young, and it's 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 hard to win with a bunch of young guys. Maybe not quoted directly. Huh? Yeah. He said, you know, it's just like it's it's hard to win, you know, consistently with a bunch of young guys. I said, not a direct quote, but that was the, 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 the foundation of what he was saying. The excuse was they're young. So the Internet, being what it is, you know, being able to pull up facts um, or things like that, uh, how old uh, or young a particular team might be. You have a, any idea what you think of your, the average age of the St. Louis Cardinals is, the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals? Uh, I'd say probably around the 28th or so. So baseball reference has the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals listed at an average age of 29.8 years, which I thought was a little old, but that's what they have them at, and it was they're pretty good. So then uh, there's a team out east. Uh, so the Cardinals are at what, 29? 29.8 years old. So that's what he's calling young. That's including, is that position players or yes. starting? That's yes, everybody. everybody. Yeah. 40-man roster. And um, so I did the research as a team out east. You know, I think they were formerly in St. Louis called the, uh, they're, they're known now as the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And their record is 43 and 26. What's yeah. their, you want to know what baseball reference has their average age as? No. 
You don't want to know? Oh. No, I do want to know. I, I thought you was do. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. But. Uh, they're 27.3 years old. Oh, I always thought they were younger. Yeah, 27.3 average. So they're two, we'll just call it two years younger than the Cardinals. On average. But um, the Cardinals are at 27 and 43, and the Orioles are at 43 and 26. So I'm like, I don't follow what you're saying there, uh, Nolan. What the hell, man? Just, just play. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> uh, look around, and so... Who's new? Who's the new? So this is the same team as last year. So who's new to the team, young-wise, that wasn't there last year? Jordan Walker. Yeah. Well, Jordan Walker's currently got the highest batting average of any starting player on the team right now. Dusty Blake. So <laughs> that's not true. Um, oh, and so what else young player is out there? Uh, well, Nolan mm. Gorman's out there. He's young. But he was there last year. He yeah. was the, Well, and he's better than he was last year. And he's a lot better. He's leading the team in home runs and RBIs. Okay, so that's a young guy that's producing. Who else is there? Uh, Brendan Donovan? Yeah. I mean, he's 26, I think. And then you got Dylan Carlson's young. But he's been around the league for a while. I mean, Dylan Carlson's been in the league since 2020. Yeah. So I just uh, – I hate that excuse, though. Well, they're a young team. But, have, so, excuse I mean, but me, I'm looking at it to say these young guys – Who's young on this team? Right. There's, yeah. yeah, there's some young in-age guys, but Gorman – is young, but he's producing. Yeah. Uh, Walker is young, but producing. Uh, what else you got? I mean, Paul DeYoung, he's been in the league seven years. Yeah. Your uh, core is still yeah. old, mature guys that have been in the league. And it was the same team as last year, which won 93 games. Yes. So what's changed? Uh, uh, well, I can tell you what's changed. You've lost Yadier Molina and Alfred Pujols, or Albert Pujols in your clubhouse. Mm. And, and now... Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Adam Wainwright, who was there last year, you are the expected leaders of this team. And like I said last week, these are not guys who have a pedigree of winning. Correct. So, so what the hell with that? Ex- yeah, Arenado. I double what the hell. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know what I want now? I just want somebody in the next week when the Cardinals get swept again because we know it's going to happen, whether it's Marmol or a player, just go, we just, we're just not good. No more. We just suck. Or right it could now. be. It'd be great if one of them came back and said, "We're just. We're old. We're tired. Yeah. We we but, can't win with a bunch of old guys." Because they were tired before. That's yeah. what they said after 19 games and 19 days. They were really tired. But I thought young guys were able to play through that. They're supposed to. Yeah. I just think I don't know. I'm gonna keep an. Ex- uh, now I'm gonna go back and listen to every conference and every different type of excuses of why they're losing. Keep a running list. Yeah, and just say, "Oh well," but not once does anybody say we're not good. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is That's a, a good what the hell, man. That's a really good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm glad you liked it. We'll slide to our last segment. I forgot not know the rest of the words. That was nice. Nothing's going to take Nothing's going to beat you down. Something like that. I, I think you just shattered a glass in my bar with yeah, that high note. You're welcome. You, I was all the dogs on, are I running I was sitting over. on my bayonet. Oh my uh, <laughs> hey, so this week is a, is a one that we've really been excited about doing. Best best all-time baseball movies. Oh, I can't right? wait. And there'll be some controversy here because there's some baseball movies that we don't really know if they're baseball movies. Because your movies suck. Well, that's a little bit harsh, sir. Well, um, that's, that's the truth. That's a little bit harsh. We, yeah, like the Cardinals, they suck. I need you to be a little bit more respectful. So I'm sorry. It is Father's Day yeah. tomorrow. Yes. But um, <laughs> So do you want to go first? Want I'll to go, go first. first. All right, go ahead. I'm going to go back to uh, a little year called 1992. <laughs> a little year. A little year. It's uh, right after 91. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a not-so-popular baseball movie, or movie in general, that I thought was yeah. just a fantastic movie and is well, it's underrated for what it was. I'm going Mr. Baseball. Mm. Tom Selleck. We yeah. know where he, Tom Selleck is the aging player from the Yankees, gets yeah. sent over to Japan if he wants to play. Then he goes to Japan to learn the error of his ways. Does, speaking of that, does everybody go to Japan just to learn how to get better, to be a better human being? Oh, I don't know about that. Anyways. But uh, he goes there. He finds his old manager, uh, manager U- Uchiyama, or not his old manager, but the former Japanese home run champion, and then just goes there and starts raking. And it's a great movie. It's got a. Um, why is it great? Why is it great? Great is a big adjective. Okay, here we go. One, it's a good storyline. It was well written. There's good lines. There's some comedy in it. It's funny. Tom Selleck is the villain and the good guy at the same time. Isn't Bernie Mac? Or isn't Bernie Mac in that? No, that's Mr. 3000. Oh, okay. Which, that was a, just a horrible movie. Um, Dennis Dennis Hay, Haysbert is in it. You're thinking uh, the insurance guy and also starred in another great baseball movie. The Allstate guy. Yes, the, the Allstate, Allstate guy, guy. The original Allstate guy. But it's a great movie because it's funny. And president. On it's got... What? What show was he the president on? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Um, made me lose my train of thought. Because, like I said, for me, it's, it's funny. It's, you know why? Because it's really not that good of a movie. It, it's, I know it's not good. It's great. It's, it's great. Because, oh, you know what? You've done ruined me. You're oh. literally the only person that ever puts this even, like, in their top ten. It's because yeah, it's in the top three. Yeah, that's because awful. it's a great storyline. Tom Selleck's actually a pretty good athlete. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. And they come back and they win the championship on unquestionable legality play. It was very – I think he got it from um, – um, what's his name? Gosh dang it, from the Yankees. Mm. A-Rod, who slapped the ball out of the guy's glove first yeah, base. Yeah. Similar, similar, but the movie, the baseball action in it is good. It's a legitimate baseball action. So, it's my choice. I'm sticking with it. You don't like it, I don't care. Everybody's in a, entitled to an opinion, even a bad one. That's okay, true. so moving right along. Uh, I'm going to go with a movie from the following year, 1993. Uh, and this is one of those ones that you'll sit there and go, eh, is it really a baseball movie? Baseball is certainly the backdrop for it. Uh, but probably more of a growing up story is what it really is, uh, kind of like Stand By Me. Uh, but I would say this is the Stand By Me of baseball, and that's The Sandlot, ah, which is boo. A, movie, a movie that everyone loves. It is a good movie. Uh, and the, the great thing about it, no, no real stars in it. Um, you've got Dennis Leary, stars as the dad, and James Earl Jones has a, uh, a little cameo in it as a, a former Negro League player that lives next door to the Sandlot where all the young kids in this community play. Um, I think what probably what's the best about this is just it takes us back to when we were kids and we were able to get the whole neighborhood together and play ball and uh, it was a much more innocent time. A lot of great quotes in this in this movie though. Classics that everybody says, you're killing me Smalls, you're killing me. I got a T-shirt that says it. <laughs> Actually, I've seen you wear that. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, when they yell at him and trying to get him upset, and he says, "You play like a girl." That's the best insult ever. Yeah. Um, and then probably never, I'll never look at a, a rundown again without yelling "pickle." Uh, Why does that come? Where do you think the term "pickle" came from when it came to a rundown? Well, it's called you're in a pickle because you're stuck between two uh, sides, and you know the people, the old phrase, "you're in a pickle." But we called that when I was a kid. They call that you're. In, it's called a pickle. Um, and then another one that another thing that's great about that movie is uh, 
squints when squints fools Wendy Peppercorn at the pool tricks her into thinking that he is drowning as she's serving as the lifeguard and she comes and pulls him out of the water and he pretends to be out of it and she starts to give him CPR and he plants a big kiss on on the the I don't know 16 year old lifeguard uh, in front of everybody and gets thrown out of the pool and becomes an absolute legend. Yeah, and then the cuss word. Oh man, he's in deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, that it's in my rankings. It's number three. Gotcha. The Sandlot. Okay, good choice. I don't have to like it, but good choice. It's a good movie. Like I said, it's not really baseball centric. I guess. Yeah. So your choice was very baseball centric, just not a good movie. Oh, okay. So we're. Yeah, polar opposites. Exactly. That's yeah. We're 90 feet apart. Yeah. See what I did there? Did you yeah. like that? Well done, okay. sir. All right. My number two. I'm staying in the year of 1992. That must have just been a great year for baseball movies. Mm. Care to take a guess at what I'm going with? 92. Mm. No, I got nothing. A uh, League of Their Own, baby. Oh, that's a good one. Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Madonna, I guess. She was whatever. Uh, Marla Hooch, obviously that's not her name, and then uh, the baseball scout who played by John Lovitz, probably the most rude man yeah, ever. He, he was great in that. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. But uh, did you throw Tom Hanks in there as Jimmy? Oh Dugan? yeah, Jimmy Dugan, home. You know who Jack? that's based off that character? Though. No, I don't. It's based off Jimmy Fox. Oh, Double X they used to call him Jimmy. Guys, nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, like you just referred to a bunch of good quotables back there. Oh, um, there's some great quotes in this movie, too. One of my favorites is, is when, you know, they're sitting in the garden before the league has even started. And um, he's, he's talking about Mr. Harvey's talking to, to Tom Hanks about, yeah. you know, coaching the peaches and all that stuff. And um, I lost my train. Oh, he's talking about, you know, he was how Tom Hanks was still a drunk. And he goes, oh. You st- are you still drinking? And he goes, no, well, Mr. Harvey, I've given up drinking. And he goes, oh, you've seen the airier ways. He goes, no, I can't afford it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, we know there is no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. I mean, that thing is just crazy. That whole scene's good. Cause, yeah. You know, he says it several times, and he talks about what his manager did to him when he was – yeah, that's uh, fantastic. Charlie Rodney, Roger Hardley was my manager, and he <laughs> called me a talking pile of pig shit. And I was in my parish show all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No. Why? No. You know why? There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> you start using you know, your head. That's that love. That's three feet above your ass. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, and I'll tell you the two things that I love about that movie is one, I, the actually one of the, my favorite scenes of all in that whole movie is when he goes into church to pull the girls out. First of all, when they pull Madonna out of the confession booth and the priest <laughs> comes out sweating. That's the second um, time she's dropped a Bible since she's been in there. <laughs> um, but if you watch closely as as Tom Hanks, as Jimmy Dugan, walks out of the church after he's grabbed him. He crosses himself, but then he points up at Jesus. I love that Yeah, part. that's great. But he, he shows up in uniform, too, all the other oh, girls. Hilarious. Yeah, he comes again. Uh, God knows we have a game. Not like any of this helps. And then he does the Yeah, and then certainly the, the, the ending to that is one of the great... Uh, debates. No, 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 not debates. It, it's it's one of the, to see one of those great endings where they kind of show what um, like if you watch Band of Brothers and they show what happened to every guy after the war. Oh, after But they that. show after where they show the real players and they're playing, uh, used to be my playground with by Madonna. That's just a really cool scene to see the real yeah. ladies out there and to see the real ladies at the reunion. Yeah, that was neat. Still playing and, and playing pretty well. I thought you were talking about the controversial did Gina Davis, Dottie Henson drop the ball on purpose oh, when no, Kit no, Plowder. That's but uh, 
There is, so one of the old ladies, too, in that scene at the very end kicks dirt on the umpire. Yeah, I did. It's goes, great. And he goes, that's, she goes, like, that ball was clear inside, and that umpire is like, tomorrow it could be a strike, or a ball. Yesterday it could be a ball, but today it's a strike. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's freaking awesome. That's probably what C.B. Buckner told Ollie Moore. That's about. true. That's true. All right. So, All right. So my number two, I'm going to go with um, a movie by an actor who is probably considered like the best baseball actor of all time, Kevin Costner. Oh. Uh, and I'm going to go with the 1988's Bull Durham. Oh. Uh, which, Genius. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, story of Crash Davis, who gets sent to uh, to the Durham Bulls to, to wet nurse a, a young phenom, Nuke Lelouch, and get him up to the majors. And you have often quoted some of the oh, lines from this movie with regards to fungus on your shower shoes, which is a great one. Give it to me. If you win 20 games in the show, you can have <laughs> fungus on your shower shoes. The press will think you're colorful. But until you do that, you're a slob. Yeah, there's so many great parts of this. I mean, it, it's a it's a, it's a a great portrayal of life in the minors. It's, you know, it's got a, uh, a, a sexy feel to it that uh, appeals to a lot of different people other than just pure baseball fans. I'll tell you, um, there's a there is on Prime Video. There is a uh, documentary about the Omaha Royals minor league team, and it talks about in there. It talks about how attendance and you know and the popularity of minor league baseball was up until this movie. And it says after that movie, their attendance at, across all minor leagues skyrocketed. It, 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 it rejuvenated interest in minor league baseball and attending games. Um, so it, it had a definite impact. There's a ton more quotes. You throw the ball, you, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. It's an easy game. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, you uh, lollygag in the infield. You lollygag in the outfield. What's that make him, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. <laughs> what about He them? also has a funny part when he walks away because it's cussing when he walks away. God damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that manager is great. But uh, no, I, that's a great choice. And also, too, uh, there's. The speech that Kevin Costner gives in the beginning oh. about the DH and uh, it should be abolished well, it's her. and AstroTurf, well, that's but not he at the says too. She yeah, has a good speech. Susan Sarandon. Oh yeah, to yeah. open the show. Too. When that when they when they're sitting there and Susan Sarandon's uh, Church of Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she's interviewing either who she's gonna yeah. sleep with that yeah. year, Nuke yeah. or uh, yeah. Crash. That's a great one. And then the uh, of course the meeting on the mound. Or he oh, comes out. Yeah. Well, well we're we need a live, live chicken <laughs> because Jose's girlfriend put a curse on his glove. Was it? You need a live chicken. Yeah. Uh, Newt's nervous because his eyelids are clogged and his dad's here, and nobody and nobody seems to know what to get really named for a wedding. We're dealing for a wedding present. We're dealing with a lot of shit here. <laughs> and then he goes, well, uh, maybe we could find out where they're registered. And <laughs> candlesticks, candlesticks always make a nice, make a nice <laughs> gift. So, all right, let's get two. And he just walks away. <laughs> Yeah, Robert Wall plays that part. Awesome. That was great. Yeah, so that's my number two pick. Ah, solid, solid choice. But unfortunately, you missed. Well, I don't know what your last Swing. pick is. Swing and a miss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think you probably already know where I'm going with I do, and my... it's probably what most people would be oh, yeah. number one. It's very major league. It's a classic. Hands down. Classic. 1988. Or, I'm sorry, 89. And definitely the best comedy oh, yeah. movie ever. Yeah, because you know what? I really bet that that's true in a lot of major league clubs where you uh, just have, you know, I mean, oh. so yeah, I can, let me finish my thought. But so many, again, so many great quotables, just, even if you don't like baseball, you know, Tom Berenger, uh, Charlie Sheen, yes. and then uh, Hayward again, and uh, Wesley Snipes just shows up. 
I mean, you get the whole debate, can Jesus Christ hit a curveball? Yes, you get a guy, Lou Brown, manager Lou Brown, who doesn't even know if he wants to manage in the bigs. Yeah, I got, got a guy on the line about a set of white walls. <laughs> Corbin Burns, who doesn't Birdson, want to do any... Birdson. Oh, yes, right. Burns said, Corbin Burns is a major league player. Yeah. Who doesn't want to do any unnecessary calisthenics, and then his manager pisses on the contract. Yep. Um... Bob Bob Euchre just doing everything, everything yeah. you know, just a bit outside. Charlie Sheen, uh, when he accepts his invite on a in in orange correctional custody outfit and yeah. says, uh, "Yeah, I don't think yeah, I can make I don't it." I think I'm gonna make it by then. <laughs> and then the, the, when he shows up and they ask him what league he's been playing in, California yeah. penal. <laughs> How'd you? Play? I never heard of that. How'd you get there? Stolen car. Stolen car. Or you know, actually, one of my favorite scenes in there is when uh, after they make the team and Tom Berenger takes them out to dinner. And they're all sitting in that restaurant. And uh, first of all, they they try to read the menu, and he flips it upside down. And then, uh, but but if you look at um, Charlie Sheen's got on a sleeveless, he's got a jacket on with the sleeves Sleeve, on, uh, just and a tie. tie. Sorry, and he, Rick. And he looks at it. He goes. He looks at it. He goes. I feel like a banker. Yeah. This. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Those are the rule, house rules. And then, uh, gosh, I mean, there's just so many great ones with um, the hats for bats. Keep that warm. Now, what Joe else? One thing we haven't discussed here is in these movies the quality of the baseball play and that's so, why i liked mr baseball because it wasn't a bunch of fakes and that stuff. i will give you that the, the the quality of the baseball play in that was somewhat authentic this movie major league was very authentic oh, i you're, watched you're no yes it was no hold on let me rephrase very authentic as far as playing let me let me finish the damn sentence so I was watching the deep. Of course, we all know nobody like Eddie Harris is going to make it in the majors when he throws. But the DVD talks about how they made the movie at that time. They said Charlie Sheen was actually throwing, could throw eighty-nine to ninety miles no, an hour. He yes, he can. Charlie Sheen did look authentic though. With it. I mean, yes, good motion. because they said, and Eddie Harris actually was a college pitcher for uh, at that toy was like San Marcos State. And uh, Pedro Serrano, that shot where he hits the go-ahead home run, yeah. he actually hit that ball out of the ballpark. He looked legit. I'll tell yeah. you, he didn't. Corbin Berenson did not look no. legit at all. No. Um, Tom Berenger didn't look particularly good. Uh, no, Particularly he at the plate. Well, he just didn't but look like a very all, athletic guy. Wesley Snipes looks terrible. What? Well, he... Terrible. Basket catch. No, I mean, swinging a bat, he looked oh, awful. Well, that's why he popped everything up and had to do... You'd look awful, too. We're trying, to, that play, push we're trying to play it into the story. He did I not am. look good. But it was so good anyways with the comedy and just everything, you just yeah. overlook that. Well, and going back to... I'll give you on Bull Durham. Uh, no, Kevin Costner looks really believable swinging a bat. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Robbins looks atrocious as a pitcher. I mean, absolutely atrocious. So, he's not even remotely we, close. We forgot to mention one of my favorite scenes in Bull Durham is there's so many of them, but when he shakes him off and then he tells him, <laughs> and then like the very next like 30 seconds, say he's giving him a signal, he's just like the yep. biggest head nod ever. Yep. yep. And then the umpire even laughs at him. This guy's throwing a two-hit shutout, and he's shaking me off. You believe that shit? And the umpire's just like, hmm. Here comes the curve. Charlie, Charlie, here comes the deuce. <laughs> and when you speak of me, speak well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Great movie. <laughs> All right, so for my number one, I think you know what it's going to be because I'm wearing oh my God. the Roy Hobbs New York Knights jersey with the Wonder Boy patch on the sleeve. Talk about bad baseball. Uh, well, no, we'll, we'll cover that because okay. there are some in there that are bad. There's some that look pretty good. Okay. Um, it's The Natural from 1984, adopted from the novel of the same name. Uh, the cast in this one is uh, probably the best ensemble cast you'll see in any film, uh, certainly about sports, but maybe... 
maybe. I mean, if you just put it up against films in general. Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger, Joe Don Baker, Wilford Brimley, the oatmeal guy, really? Uh, Michael Madsen, Barbara Hershey. And, and most of those are in bit parts, too. So, um, you know, we, we, we focused on quotes. I mean, the story follows a guy who, you know, was going to be the best that ever played and then uh, was taken down by a, a deranged fan uh, who was going across the country killing uh, premier athletes or uh, at least shooting premier athletes. And then he comes all the way back uh, late in his in, in middle age and makes it back to the major leagues and, and fulfills his promises, that, that great player. Uh, story of redemption, uh, story of a franchise getting turned around, uh, great character work in this, especially Wilford Brimley as the, the manager and uh, I think it's Richard Farnsworth who plays his assistant coach. Um, you know, there's there, this one doesn't have as many quotes as some of these other movies we talk about, but when he says, uh, there, goes, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was to play this yeah. game, that's a great one. Great when, movie. Uh, when they ask him what his intent is and he says to hit away, uh, when, he, when he finally throws it in the face of uh, the judge, as he's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the part when he says, my dad wanted me to be a farmer. Yeah, I should have been a that, farmer, uh, Red. My dad wanted me to ball, be a ball player, and he looks at me and says, well, you're better than anyone I ever had, and you're the best goddamn hitter I ever saw. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I think the other thing with this one, best ending uh, to a, a film, well, it's not truly the ending, but the, you know, right there at the end, yeah. as he hits the walk-off home run to win the pennant, uh, and it hits it into the lights, the lights explode. Is that realistic? Probably not, but it's great visu- scene. visually it's fantastic. And the best part of it is the, the music that plays during that. Yes. Is, the, the score is fantastic, so much that uh, later on, well after the movie came out, I, I remember going to Arlington, the ballpark at Arlington, when it first opened. And um, if you'd ever, did you ever go to that park? I did, yeah. Yeah, so they used to play that song yeah. whenever a ranger hit a home run. It was sweet. So yeah. awesome. Um, so yeah, my number one choice and uh, is the natural. Now, great choice. Baseball wise, um, you know, what a lot they could do. I though, would consider in the setting, the setting too. It was set in like the 1920s, so right. the level of ball would be a little bit different. Um, I would say Redford looked okay swinging the bat. Yeah, he didn't look bad. There's some other folks that didn't look great out there. It was the baseballs that were hit so far, but going so slow through the air that just gravity would just take them down. Like it hits and it's just slow, and then it hits the rafters. Da-ding! And it's just like a slow yeah, but he motion. Was, he, you know, he had to cover up the ball. That's true. Literally. Yeah. That's no ball. Because, we want a real ball. Yeah. I, <laughs> that guy's face when he yeah. says it is awesome. Uh, so, yeah. The Natural is my number one choice. I, I know one. that's not one you necessarily No, agree, it's a great. Okay. No, it's a good movie. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a great movie, sure. especially when Bump Bailey runs through the, the wall. The wall and dies. Yeah. And then they spread his ashes over the field like the next day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a quick thing. Hobbs right it in. <laughs> What was it, uh, in the very beginning, too? He comes, why didn't you slide, Bump? I had a cigar in my back pocket. Yeah. I didn't want to break it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Well, and then Memo switches from Bump to, to Roy pretty quick. Yep, makes the transition. Makes so. the transition. Wonder Boy. Got to have the bet. Yeah. So. Yeah, good movies. Yeah, good talk today. Good, uh, good episode. Uh, we'll be back in a week. Yes, sir. Uh, right here on 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Have a good Father's Day. For you, a father, I am not. I'm a dog father. The same but, thing. Uh, that counts. I'm going to go sit out in the pool and the uh, rest of the day and watch the U.S. Open. Right on. So, Heck yeah. Uh, we'll be and back. hopefully my wife put the correct swimsuit on. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that. <laughs>
What do you mean we can't talk about that? That's hilarious. Hopefully she put a swimsuit on, period. So. Well, she did, but, yeah. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't want that for everybody else here. They probably do, but, you know. All right, we'll be Thanks. back in a week. This is 90 Feet Apart. See ya. We're out.